2019, and this is the Pop Australite Magazine's podcast about all things books and publishing. I'm Allie Ryan. I'm Samantha Steinke. I'm Dean Karpowitz. I'm Bruno Roman. Today on the show, we will be interviewing Tyson Ewan and Joe Stebbins from Deep Light LARP, a LARP chapter in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Tyson is the head archon, of, head archon for the Deep Light chapter of Grimmar LARP. He creates the overall storylines and leads online role-playing sessions. In addition to hosting the LARP group at his previous art studio and working to feed the masses who came to cheer on the Bucks at Pfizer Forum, while also feeding the masses at LARP events. Joe is another of the archons for Deep Light. His role focuses on social media output in the city of Long Lake. He helps create and run storylines and schemes at practices. He runs the Instagram and social media accounts for the group, while also recruiting new members at all sorts of different nerd events. His characters tend to be the ones pulling the strings behind the scenes. However, before we get on to interviewing these two, we wanted to introduce goat LARPing. (laughs) (laughs) So, where was this farm at? So there's this goat farm that holds a LARP event, that wants to hold a LARP event. It's actually going to be today. Is it was was it today? I remember yeah, the article June came out. Like oh, yep, there no, it is. No, I'm gonna miss yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like we would have missed it anyway because <laughs> it's in Connecticut. Oh, yeah, that's worth the trip. It was a different state. I couldn't remember which that one. That is so worth the trip. Yep. But um, so what you do is the goats are the PCs, and you go and dress up in various characters, and you're there to provide a LARPing experience for the goats. So everybody, all the humans are the NPCs and all the goats are the PCs. So whether you have fun or not isn't necessarily the point because you're, you're focused on the goat. The goat is supposed to be having fun. You need to make sure the goat has a good time. That's the only rule. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is, is, is the goat supposed to be like a, 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 a cleric, a warrior? Or the goat can like... be whatever it wants. Like, I, don't, I don't know how they're deciding how, that. I, I was kind of curious. Is, how, does, how does it communicate that? You know, uh, if it it hits you, it doesn't like you. (laughs) Yes, okay, but that's like what ghosts do. I mean, like, I was like thinking, like, is it a post apocalyptic thing where the ghosts are now ruling the world and humans are, you know, just. No, they said it's a role like, reversal thing. In the um, story, in the article, they were saying it can be any sort of storyline you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It can be whatever you want. You can decide what adventures the goat's going on next. You just have to make sure the goat's it having fun. It just has to revolve around to... the goat, basically. Yeah. And like the goats write the story, basically. Like they're. Actions... You have to intuit what they. Yeah, I guess that was needs. one of the things they were talking about. How like you can decide how the like what the ghost actions mean and how that means they're responding in the story and like change the story outcome based on what the goats are doing or something. So this is basically what, do, what I do with my cat every day. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But and great? and your infant. <laughs> yeah. Right. You larp you larp with larping with Lily. Yeah. <laughs> What's great about this event though is that like they know they're ridiculous because <laughs> they have a quote at the end of the article. You must brace yourself for the possibility that the goats won't give a heck about any of your efforts. They, quote, may not cooperate. They may ignore us or even try to kill us. See, like, like to me, like, the high end of it would be something along the lines of, like, animal farm. Like, right. somehow yeah. the goats decide, we're going to overthrow the farmers. And, like, <laughs> on the flip side, the more realistic side, it's just like, I hope you have a bunch of kibble in your pocket. <laughs> right. 
Right. I mean, like, there's, there's no more extension than that, is there? Right, right. It's no longer the pigs we have to worry about from Animal Farm. It's now the goats, right? <laughs> exactly. No, it's the goats. It's always been the goats. It's always they been the goats. They never were in the book, really, you know? Yeah, they're like the secret secret service. They're the ninjas of the of the animal well, farm. Well, they're the Illuminati of the farm. Right. We yeah. all know that. Illuminati yeah, that's right. Uh, so oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the, per- the person with the most kibble would be able to be the most powerful person in that lab. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So people would be yeah. walking around with their pockets... So like five pound sacks pockets. Capitalism. Let's just go with a wheelbarrow of kibble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't eat kibble. What do goats eat? I still remember the little pellets. They eat them on the uh, petting zoo. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they, that's like kibble stuff. Like they, like that can't be the only thing they eat. No, they, they eat, eat like regular stuff. They eat grass and things like that too. They can eat anything, right? Yeah, really. They can eat they like can't. a tin can. Like, yeah, they're, a lot, like, that's they're right. a lot like pigs in some ways. <laughs> I feel like because like, 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 pigs can eat trash compact. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That yeah, they could eat people who are larping. Yeah, clearly True. you exactly. might need to worry about that. Yeah. So that's a great way to introduce LARP with goats, but now we'd like to, like... Wait, I what? just had a good idea. What? You could do, like, Lord of the Rings, but Saruman turned the hobbits into to goats, but Frodo <laughs> still has to try to get the thing to Mordor. With, so you with, have to, like, with hurt him? goats Yeah, him? but he, he is, goat like, hobbits? he has, like, the mentality of a goat. So you're trying to, like, oh, come on, Frodo, stop eating that <laughs> carrot and, like... Yeah. Go to more. Okay. Yes. Anyway, th- that would be bad. <laughs> so, uh, Tyson, are we allowed? Are we allowed to bring goats to our next event, or is that like not allowed? Um, we we are not actually yeah. allowed. Um, I one, say. I don't want to. I, I don't want any uh, animal cruelty uh, thrown at us at all. <laughs> no goats honest, were like, harmed in the. <laughs> oh boy. You know, like people people have come up to me and said, "Say, hey, can I armor up my dog?" And bring him to a lark. And two things that came to my mind was, are people allowed to hit your dog? Because I'm pretty sure nobody's going to hit your dog. Why is your dog wearing armor? Just to look cool, but I'll tell you what, right now, your dog's not going to want to wear that armor. And the other thing I thought was, the dog can attack people and people won't know what to do. Right. I mean, it, it, that, that might happen. The dog gets excited, starts running around, yeah. and starts nipping at somebody's ankle. I mean... It has happened in the past uh, where where we went to a farmland and there were several dogs on site because they were at the farm and we start running around and battling and lo and behold, here comes the dogs and just out of nowhere, the game runner just starts yelling, release the house! We're all, we're all like, wait, what? No, no, are you really including and Nobody knew how to react to it because nobody wanted to hit a dog. Everyone was just like, uh, I guess we'll all just die. Right. But uh, it turns out the story was um, the dogs were caged. Uh, well, not caged, but like in their area, they were put in the barn, and someone just left his barn door open, and the dogs got excited and started running. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, and we're all like, as players, we're all just like, wait, no. Wait, what? No. We don't know how to react to this. And, and I mean, I personally, I just, I just ran into the woods and hit. I, I mean, I was like, do everybody else. The dogs won. We're done. <laughs> well, and, you know, think about all of the, you know, an, animal cruelty 
stuff that goes on with people just leaving their dogs in their car while they go shopping. Now, imagine yeah. full plate mail. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. Some, that armor gets heavy flop over, too. right? Yeah. Like, Chihuahua in full plate. Leather in the summer is awful. So, like, if you're a dog and like they don't always have the best heating mechanisms anyway, if you're covering them up, like, and then putting like leather armor on them, it doesn't breathe the greatest. I want to assume the best in people, though. Like, I want to assume that people wouldn't be that dumb and that they would make like armor that looks cool that's light enough for their dog, but like they won't. Right. Because they won't Mm -hmm. do it. They won't do that. And I'm just like. <laughs> like, like we've, we've all seen the pictures of the armored cat, you know, yeah. and yeah. It's, it's all right for five seconds, but I'm pretty sure that cat, after a while, is just going to be angry. <laughs> I mean, right. that, that's just what it is. Like, when you told me about this goat larp, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was expecting, like, do they dress up the goat <laughs> in Gandalf costumes <laughs> and, like, put a beard on it and just let it walk around? And I'm pretty sure that Gandalf goat will goat. Just get angry. That sounds great. I mean, I, I would go to that. Yeah, I would, too. Yeah. I mean, I would take pictures of that all day, but at the same time, you know, one goat is just going to go, I'm done with this. I'm done with these humans. I'm just going to start attacking for no reason. And, and they're like, well, I'm I being mean, as a front end of that. I don't know why you would want that. It's no longer. I can't outrun it, a goat. It's a, it's a test of your LARPing abilities. You know, if you can role play around a goat. A goat attacking it's, you. <laughs> it's no longer Gandalf it, I mean, the Grey. It's Gandalf the Goat. Yeah. Gandalf the Goat. Gandalf the angry and ready to bite is what it is. <laughs> oh, geez. No, but uh, like, like, would, would we ever do a, a goat LARP? I don't know what the liability is on that, I, I, because we still have to sit through and look at the safety legalities and, and whatnot. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, nowhere have I ever seen or seen it come up where uh, goats are allowed. Yeah. Uh, I, know someone tried to men- I know somebody tried to mention, hey, why don't we ride in on horses? I just looked at everybody and I was just like, okay, I, I understand um, certain groups actually do the dousing and battling on horses and whatnot. But those horses are trained, and those people on the horses are actually, uh, for lack of a better term, horse farmers, mm-hmm. I guess. But what's, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, what's the person that raises horses? And An equestrian? Like equ- were they like that. equestrians? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, they rode yeah, horses, they, and they raised horses, and they would raise some in various things like that? Yes, yes. Yeah. But most of those people that actually, like, go to these uh, events where there's horses allowed and you're allowed to fight on horses, these horses are trained, and a, a big majority of uh, uh, the rules set in place are to protect the horse and the rider. Um, but my, my worry is, like, someone suggested, oh, we could do it on, uh, I know, uh, this equestrian out in blah, 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 and we could have horses. And my mind is going... And that's when I get kicked in the face with by a horse. Right. I, something's going to happen. I'm going to scare that horse, and that horse is just going to, like, kick me in the face. So, um, so, Ty. so there's, there's a little bit of a, uh, a worry uh, with a bunch of uh, many larks who are, when somebody brings up, hey, let's bring in, you know, uh, animals, uh, it's the safety of the animal and it's the safety of the people around it. Um not going to say that in my LARP experience we haven't seen uh, uh, animals on the field or animals uh, on the trails, 
because a lot of bloods happen in parks and parks are public and there's dogs and people are walking their dogs and whatnot and that happens but most lepers will be really respectful to the point where we'll pause the game we'll pause the battle we'll pause activity until the dog walks by and then we'll continue on you know yeah we'll and i know some people are afraid of dogs market. too right generally like i know some afraid people just are Yep, uh, afraid of dogs. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, some people that I know of that do have that fear of dogs. Uh, mostly uh, uh, younger folks. Um, the other thing that I know uh, that happens is uh, allergies. So mm-hmm. you know that's that's concern that we have to do. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know much about cat and dog allergies. I don't know if they're like you know a bee thing. If it's like I get close to a dog, I might die. I don't know if it ever mm-hmm. gets to that extent. I've never heard mm-hmm. of a, a situation where it gets to that extent. But uh, who knows now uh, in this day and age, you know, uh, where, yeah. where new so allergies are popping up. So you know a lot about, and, like, the regulations behind, like, LARP and, like, the liabilities involved with it. So could you tell us a little bit more about the group and, like, mm. when you started, why you started, how you've grown, like, even, like, how you've learned all of this stuff about having to learn oh. all these regulations and things behind it and things that you have to take into consideration when you're creating events and stuff. Right. Uh, so um, uh, I started LARPing, I want to say, about five, six years ago now. And uh, I was just a player. I came in as a player. Uh, my roommate at the time, uh, LARP, and he would talk about it. And I, I was a nerdy guy. Well, I'm still a nerdy guy. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to lie, even within nerds, We'll look at, like, before becoming a LARPer, we'll look at LARPers as, okay, those are the weird guys. <laughs> Leave them alone. Let them sit. No, like, they were, like, me as, as, as a nerd at the time, uh, I would look at that and be like, yeah, no, I'll play D&D. That's cool. <laughs> you guys dress up and you guys go into the woods and you throw fireballs at each other? Um, yeah, I hate to be a classist as far as nerds go, but you guys are at the bottom. <laughs> Which, you know... That, that, that was the perception I had. Joe, is that know? how you felt about LARPers, too? That, uh, back then? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I no, did. No, no. I'll be no I'm saying a, Joe. What? Joe. Joe, is that how you felt about LARPers, too, before you started LARPing? Um, I, oh, I was dragged into LARPing by one of my good friends. Uh, I mean, everyone, you, you and Tyson know Josh. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he yeah. kind of, like, you, was like, okay. hey. Um, I didn't really know anything about it. Like, I knew kind of what it was, but it was one of those things where I was out kind of at a bar with him on Friday, and he's like, hey, you're, you're coming to this event with me or whatever on Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then he kind of just picked me up at 10 o'clock, and I didn't know wait, what I was getting myself into. Wait, that's like what you did to Ashley. So he had a friend that he took to a LARP event, and he didn't give her a whole lot of warning, and she wasn't super keen on it. And I was at that LARP event with her, and it was super bitter cold and awful. And Ashley and I both just stood there, like, pretty angry the whole time, like, this is cold. And she's like, this is not what I wanted to do today. Like, this is not what I was expecting to do. This is not how I wanted to spend my day. He's like, she's like, he always drags me to these things, like, where I have to do things that I'm not prepared to do. <laughs> So, like, but that's well, like that's kind of me and Ashley's friendship. She doesn't <laughs> she doesn't do much unless I drag her out to do things. <laughs> it was for her own good. No, <laughs> everybody must be exposed um, to LARP. Yeah, actually, that's a lot of that's how a lot of people get folded into LARP. Uh, LARP. Uh, 
as a friend that like, hey, come over and and do this. For me, uh, I came home. Uh, it was Christmas, and my roommate at the time was like, "You're old. I bought you a LARP toy." Mind you, I made fun of LARP before this, um, and I was just like, "Great, I have to LARP, don't I?" And he's like, "Yep." So I went uh, and actually had a lot of fun. It was a lot more fun than I expected. I got killed a lot. I wore Gandalf costume. I had a uh, like this this floppy little sword, and uh, no, it was it was great. It was it was there was like I want to say about seventy five people yeah. in this uh, giant uh, warehouse basement type deal uh, where they decked it all out, and 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 there was like buildings uh, erected, and it felt very immersive because I was away from everything else and everything that was happening in this little like in this warehouse basement was a lot more convincing you know like you, you got that 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 um what is it called um that disbelief you know yeah Suspension uh, and, and you just allow yourself to fold into it what kind of larp event was like what kind of setting did they have for the first larp event that you went to that was in the basement like area you're saying what kind of event was that like yeah. what was the setting so my first LARP was actually the the deep, uh, deep Light LARP. Uh, deep Light's been around for longer than I've been around uh, in the LARP world. It's been around for, I think, a good decade now, to be honest. And um, back then, they had this, this basement they would LARP out of that would easily fit, like, 100 people just to LARP. It was an old uh, it's a airsoft arena, to be honest. And... Um, it was a medieval high fantasy setting, but it was set in the underground uh, ca- uh, caverns of uh, some some drought, some dark elves. So it gave it this really underdark vibe about um, uh, this, this this setting. And I I, I, I knew about drought, but I didn't know what it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was really cool because out of nowhere there would be an orc that would run around. And try to stab you, a goblin that would try to pit pocket you, um, the drow guards would try to embezzle and bully you and whatnot, and put you to jail for for ludicrous reasons. And it was it was just in general fun, to be honest. Mm-hmm. How so? How how scripted are the events and? You know, can you talk a little bit about the process of creating the story? Who does that? Um, you know, that or sort is of thing. It all just like right. on the fly. So, <laughs> so every every event, every uh, campaign is run by something we call the GM, right? Mm-hmm. A game master, mm-hmm. and that game master usually writes up the plot, usually uh, organizes and runs runs the game, and it changes game uh, game master game master like. Uh, I flipped in between styles of, uh, like, a linear storyline to sandbox style, where I just I want to set up uh, NPCs, non-playable characters, up there and just have uh, them kind of run the story and let the players decide where it ebbs and flows. Um, mm-hmm. The first big LARP event I did was there wasn't really any story. I just set up... Uh, I, I basically turned... Gotham City into a medieval high fantasy setting, hmm. 
and people could go run around, and there would be, like, crime bosses that you could gang up with that were at war with each other. Um, or you could run around and hunt these uh, crazy NPCs that I have set up that were easily, you know, like, tropes of, like, Scarecrow, the Joker, and, and, and uh, uh, Bane and whatnot. And it was actually really cool to see that because I didn't really write a story. All I did was say, all right, this is what you guys do. This is your function. Run with it. Have fun. And it's great when you have a, a group of people that are really good at role-playing and really good at, because when you break it down, role-playing in all reality is uh, nothing more uh, than, uh, what do you call it? Uh, improv, basically. Yeah, improv. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go well, ahead. What about when you get people who aren't skilled at that? Do you ever get people that aren't skilled at that, but they're still wanting to try? Well, aren't good at improv, you're saying? Yeah. 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 And sometimes uh, some people are more awkward. Thanks. Yeah, I I do suck at improv, okay? I do. That's why y'all need to tell me what's going on beforehand so I can make sure my character is all ready to, like, do whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing in that particular event. I don't like to not know what's going on to the extent where I'm expected to make something up on the fly when I don't even have materials for it. I need to know what's going on beforehand. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned um, yeah. uh, improvisers because I know that there's a lot of podcasts out there now that are like, so like there's Campaign and I think Campaign also did uh, one called One Shot and uh, even like uh, campaign or uh, podcasts like Hello from the Magic Tavern that are people who are career improvisers or mm-hmm. um, they do it as a hobby who um, basically role play Mm-hmm. Um, as a podcast, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's become this really big thing yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's it's kind of a skill. Like I've gotten better at improvisation as I've done it more, but it's not like my first go to sort of thing that I want to do. I'm somebody who needs to at least have like some base skeleton to work with that I can go from there. Yeah. So do you ever do you ever do you ever get uh, uh, sorry? Do you ever get like griefers, people who just want to break break the narrative, like just come to sort of. Oh. Why'd you all look at the me time. When you said that? Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. That, that, that's why the sandbox improv thing actually works really well because you have people like that that want to come in and quote unquote break the game. Yeah. Um, or at least not follow the storyline. Yeah. You know? Because when a larper comes in and plays, a majority of the time the, they want their own story. Yeah. They don't want to be fed a story. They they don't mind being put mm-hmm. in a situation. And that's where plot and writing comes in and whatnot. And some people actually really dig that, where they dig. I mean, it's just like you get all types of people coming to LARP. Mm-hmm. You got those that want their own story and those that want to be part of a story, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, going back to uh, uh, what was said earlier was, how do you deal with people that aren't good at role play? How do you, how do you, what, how do you handle them? Um, those that aren't good at role play might have a good, another good skill. Which is like, mm-hmm. this is, uh, all right, you go into the woods, we need you to push the storyline. This is what we need to go to. Here's the story, here's the back story, here's, here's what we're trying to get to. Um, and then from there, they take the notes and they, they, they go at it. And then there's the other side where, like, we, I have a bunch of uh, LARP friends that they don't really come into LARP for story, they come into LARP for combat. Uh, and okay. if we're running an event... Yeah, when, if we're running an event, we need, like, 
monsters out there for people to fight, right. quote unquote. You know, like bandits or monsters or, or whatever it may be. And those guys, you send them out in the woods, you send them out on the trails, and they're just really good at like giving the players a challenging fight. You need you, know? like, you need like uh, you need like goats. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean like like goats. You know, like um but but yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what it is what it is. There's several functions that a lot of people can fill uh as a game runner, uh uh game master. I I I I like to try to fit people in the correct role that they're I think they're suited for best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like like uh casting a movie or hiring right. a team for for whatever, you want to make sure the best people are, are in the role. That's plain and simple. And a good, successful game is based on that, that you have the right people in the right roles, and they're, they're having fun, because if they're having and enjoying themselves doing their task, it's going to do and show into the players, and the players get a better vibe out of it. You know, like, if yeah. I have a really strong role player, I'm going to have them be someone that's cynical, that, that the players have to interact verbally with, mm-hmm. and they'll get more in chance with the, the story or the plot or, or the lore or the scene that's going on. But at the same note, that person then sends people in the woods, and I want to make sure my good fighters are out there, because one, they're probably going to be my safest fighters, because they're my best fighters. And uh, they'll be able to pull back if they see a group of people they're not that good at combat that are going through the trails. They'll pull back a little bit and uh, pull the punches and whatnot. But if they see somebody come in and they're an amazing fighter, they'll wrap it up and give everybody that challenging experience. Uh, and that's, that's a lot of what a good game running is. It's, it's placing people in the right spot. Just like running any event, you know, or running anything in all reality, you've got to place people in the right spot to, for it to be successful. So how much... How much setup time before the actual event is there? Like, if you're the game master, do you get there an hour early? Do you, do you tell everyone to get there? It, 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 it depends on how much uh, you put into it. Like, I've run, uh, I, I've seen games where, they'll, you know, they'll prep for about a week before the game, mm-hmm. and it's low immersion, low prop, um, and it's all just, hey, go, go do this, go do that. And it's a short game. It's a small game. And uh, that's, like, maybe two hours prep during the day and then, like, you know, a week prep uh, beforehand. And then, I like, the biggest game I've ran, um, I prepped for four months ahead of the game. Wow. So I could budget myself slowly uh, on that and get a lot of stuff done. And then an entire week before game, I'm down there with a bunch of people setting up the entire town, you know, yeah. and it's like that event was super immersive where like there were small little details left and right. Like I, I created a, um, what I call a kidnap room or, or, or torture room where NPCs, these villains that are running around could knock, uh, waylay you or knock you out. That's the role play version of knocking you out. Drag your body, uh, on a cart into this room uh, role play tying you up, not real tying you up, not actually tying you, but just like having the sense of it. And they, like, in that room, there was like severed heads hanging, little like creepy dolls all over the place. Just like it was a psychopath's dream. 
Mm-hmm. And you were part of that, you know? Yeah. And it was fun. Uh, it so, was like, fun. It, it <laughs> it, I mean, like, it, it was. Like, I myself uh, was playing an NPC at that point. And people thought at that point, oh, he's out of makeup. He's not playing his main character. Tyson's just having a little bit of fun, blowing out some scenes, taking a quote-unquote break. And I was just trying to run another story. And the next thing I know, I get knocked out, dragged in, tied up. And the, the, the mad hatter was having a tea party with me and forcing me to eat rats, you know, stuff like that. It was, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. It, it puts you in a situation that, that you would never really be in. But able to get, uh, live that, that fantasy of like, oh, I remember seeing this on like this movie or that TV show. It felt like that. And that's what we, we try to do a lot with our stories, you know? We try to give it a tone that's relatable and then have the players immerse heavily into it and get super invested in, like, worrying about their uh, character's life or what's going on with their character. And that's when you know you're, you're, you've done something successful mm. is when the players want to know more, want to do more, mm-hmm. want to... To experience more, and that's that's really what it is at the end. It's just like Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, you know. Yeah, a long campaign is when you have a good DM, and like the players are the ones that drive it and have fun, and all you're doing is setting them up to have that fun, and that's our goal at the end. So, are they really your, you know, you're the game master? Are they are they sort of your audience and the sort of role players as well? So, how I see them is. They're my, like, how, when I run an event, they're my clients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have to serve my clients. I have to make sure my clients are fed, they're entertained, they're safe, they're having fun, they're, like, everything. I view them as clients. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, when setting up, I view them as clients to make sure that they're, they're satisfied. But when, when running the game, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller community, a niche community of people. Yeah. They're your friends. You know them. You yeah. know them outside of life. So it's like you're throwing, when you're throwing the event, it almost feels like you're throwing a party for your friends. Mm, yeah, yeah. And like like a super themed party for your friends. So you get into it. You have fun. And that's why that's why I, I, I like doing it because I get in with it with my friends. And at the end, yeah, there, there's supposed to be a or organization, client point of view, but when you're actually doing it, it's more of friends, just playing with friends, and thank you for, hey, letting me do this, and they thank you for throwing it at, because you gave them the opportunity to do whatever they wanted at the end of the day. So so do you um, do you record in any way? I mean, do you, like, let's say you've done a really, like, the, like the, the session that took you four months, and then you're at the site a week before. Is it just sort of, um, you know... This sort of transient thing that's then kind of an experience, like a party, and then it's gone. Or do you post stuff? Do you post pictures? Do you, you record? Yeah, do you document we, it? We every now and then we'll have a uh, uh, a photographer on site and take pictures. Mm-hmm. That that four month event, there was a photographer on site, mm-hmm. and she took amazing pictures. And to be honest, the the best way to relive it is like. I, like, I don't know how many of you guys are experienced D&D players, but, like, you'll sit down with your friends and you'll tell those stories over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Of, like, remember when I did this? Remember yeah. when I did that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and remember when this happened to us? It's a lot of, like, 
campfire style or sitting at the coffee table style and just sit and it pop up and that's how we kind of relive it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was great, that was amazing, and 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 here's the story because when it's a big event like the four month one, I'll be honest, as a game runner, people were telling me stories and I had no idea those things were happening. Yeah. Like, they would tell me these stories, and I'd get entertained, like, as a game runner and as, as, as a person, like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that happened. Oh, my God, I didn't even know that happened. Because we, we created that open sandbox concept uh, for that game. And, like, I, I just laid out the players, and the players and the NPCs had their own agenda, had their own... Um, Script. Uh, Motive. Motives, yeah, have their own, their own motives, and they're all doing what they want to do, yeah. and that's great because then at the end of the day, I'm sitting down, you know, relaxing, and they're telling me like, "Oh, this happened, and this happened." I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" Hmm. Yeah, but isn't they that didn't so? Any of this stuff to happen. Tyson, we also isn't there a um, Facebook page or other things like I think there's a WordPress like there's a blog site that we have for the group as well and then I think there's also yeah. like stories getting posted like on the lore page about like some of the yep. stuff that mm. happens as well so we also have like written versions yeah. of stuff that are going that goes on as well and like you can and like what we're hoping to do is like another thing the opportunity is there for people who are actually playing NPC or the PCs, the regular players, right. to be able to go and upload their own and like write up their own stories and right. what's going on in their own st- characters' lives. Right. So we can also have like in between events sort of things. Like right. right now, people like the participation's sort of low on it, but I have seen more people like getting more involved with that to yeah. some extent as well. Yeah, I mean, at least for me, because I've, yeah. I've been playing D&D for decades, and um, at least now, some of the most important or most pleasurable things about mm-hmm. playing are character creation, you know, backstory, yeah. all that oh. kind of stuff. And on that que- and on that actually we wanted to ask about how character creation happens, like mm-hmm. how the character how the players pick their characters, how they create them, how they work in the future and like all that sort of stuff. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, character creation is kind of just like anything like D&D where you kind of start off, like, my character started off just as kind of like a rogue character who was part of a mercenary company. And, you know, me and my friend Josh just pretty much, you know, we're mercenaries. We go to events. We go to, you know, practices or any type of events. And, you know, if you need those two extra bodies, um, people would hire us out for the event or for the game. And that's how we started. But like D&D, we did some, you know, you do the role-playing aspect of it. And eventually, you know, me and Josh were able to negotiate to a a lord or like a prince who was in debt to us to, instead of gold, he ended up giving us land. Mm. Also, Um, another thing, Joe is I was wondering, too, if you could talk about maybe some of the more technical aspects of it, too, because, like, you know how in D&D you have, like, you got to go through and pick your class and all these other things. Well, you do the same sort of things in LARP as well, and so I figured that would be a good thing to kind of talk about a little bit, too, is how you create your character, like the actual, like, creation of the character with your character sheets and, like, figuring out mm-hmm. what your character is itself, like the stats and things like that, maybe. Because there's yeah, that's I mean, uh, too. we 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 have stereo, you know, stereotypical classes, but the, the good thing, the thing about LARP is, 
you could you could spec yourself like your stats are that of a rogue or a fighter but the thing is that doesn't stop someone from showing up to an event and dressing like a wizard Mm. because you can actually play that part of deception where someone might show up in a wizard a total wizard garb and they'll you know whatever they'll maybe pretend to heal someone but just give them a potion so like you could be convinced this entire event that this person is actually a wizard or a mage but then all of a sudden when a bunch of you know monsters come out of the woods they take off that that wizard garb and underneath they are fully decked out in full armor and you find out that hey that guy's actually specced as a fighter like the thing about larp is every everything is live and in your face Mm -hmm. so you know it's not like a you know your character she could say one thing but you can dress and act completely different Mm. So there are yeah. there are people. Uh, there's a there's a character uh, right now. Um, he is actually uh, more of a doc. He poses as a doctor and medicus, and he does have those skills. But on his character sheet, he is specced as a rogue. Mm. So when he steals things, he can put them in deep pockets where it can't be found. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So you can you can spec your character to have the abilities and skills that you want and are useful to you, but you can you can play your character however you want. So I um, was wondering, um, do you have a lot of times or I guess problems with people getting out of character? Or like, what do you do when that happens? Like, if somebody needs to step yeah. out of their role. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of tell people, like, at the beginning of an event or anything, hey, if you need to take a phone call or anything, you know, the parking lot's a designated out-of-game out of area. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you have a phone call, just run over to the parking lot. The parking lot doesn't exist in our world, um, anything like that. And sure, people can – it's one of those things, like, if people want to have a private conversation out in the woods about – you know, going to the gym or something like that, or video games. Yeah, they can do that. But like, if you're if you're surrounded by people, like, it's a common courtesy, just kind of a general type knowledge. Hey, stay in character. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. And I know people tend to slip back and forth often, though. Sometimes, yeah. like, it depends yeah. on like the event itself, and I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the event. Some events are events are far more casual where, like, people end up slipping in and out of character frequently, and you're not even certain when they're in or out of character anymore. And you're like, wait, is this in character or not anymore? Because I don't know what's going on, and this is confusing. But, uh, right, happens yeah. a lot. And it, yeah, and, and then there's other events the, that are more the, formal. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's always it's how serious people want to take the event. It depends player to player, and it depends on how immersive. And... That, again, I use that word immersive a lot is because when you create a very super immersive event, people don't break character. They mm-hmm. don't want to. They mm-hmm. don't want to miss anything. But when you create a event that's a little bit more casual, people tend to uh, break, break that uh, fourth wall and go out of character quite a bit. There's some people that are, like I said, there's some people that are just there to fight and they don't really care about the role play. So you'll see those guys talking about, hey, I'm going to go to the gym oh, hey, this is what's going on in my job, and they'll start talking to their friends. Because at the end of the day, you're playing with your friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some people that just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a bunch of uh, bandits, let's go fight them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when they, they go into quote-unquote character. But there's other people that are 
super immersed, uh, even on a low immersion, that just want to do the story, just want to solve the puzzle, just want to figure out the plot. And those people are super immersive and they'll, they'll get in there. It depends player to player. And how we handle the, the going out of character thing is... Um, if, if I mean, we have a signal has, for that, too. Yeah, there is a signal yeah. for it. Like, usually you put your hand over your head or something. someone's like, feeling uncomfortable or, or unsafe, we have, you know, certain calls, like hard stop is one of our calls. We hear hard stop. Everybody freezes where they are, mm-hmm. go out of character for the time being, and we assess what's going on. Did somebody trip? Uh, was something, you know, uh, suggested? Someone that trip, fall, you know, someone fall in the river? <laughs> yeah. Any, any no, sort of and, issue where somebody is extremely uncomfortable or possibly hurt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hard, hard stop. Hard stop. You know, and that that even includes our online role playing. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll we'll use it hard stop and online role playing when a scene gets a little bit too dicey for somebody because we don't know everybody's you know uh, background to that extent or not everybody wants to share this and but something pops up in the lock world it's like oh I didn't even know that happened I'm so sorry you know and then we reset we might uh, 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 retcon a few uh, scenes and whatnot just to adjust it, and a good storyteller would be able to go back, adjust it, yeah. and say, all right, we're starting off here, and then adjust his, uh, his or her plot to, with that in mind, and that conscious, you know, uh, conscious, because, like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've ran across that situation uh, once, and it, it, it led to something that, you know, I, I felt really sorry for, and I made sure that that person that that felt uh, not offended but like uncomfortable was settled and I you know and and and, it, and whatnot. So we have our player safety uh, mentally uh, phys- and physically in mind at all times, mm-hmm. and we give them the power to say stop it. No, absolutely not. You know, because at the end of the day. It's more important for us that you're having fun than it is for us to tell our story. Yeah, right. You know? But as far as the fourth wall breaking thing, I mean, I'm, I'm really lax about it. I mean, I, even as a player, I've, real, I, I've, I've done that where it's just like, all right, there's nothing going on plot-wise. I, there's no NPCs. There's no story. Hey, how are you doing today? What's going on in your life? You know, and Actually, whatnot. And, and it's, so that it's just a good time me. to catch up with friends you don't see in a long time, you yeah. know? Yeah. On that thought, like, so when we have these events and these sessions, how long are they typically? Like, how long are online sessions or how long are, like, our events or how long are practices? Like, that gives people oh. an idea of, like, how a LARP kind of works in some ways for you guys. Right. A lot of LARPs are one-day LARPs because they take place in public parks, and usually they run about seven, eight, nine hours, you know? Right. Um, an online session, however, I've ran scenes where they've taken five hours to do mm-hmm. one scene, and... Mm-hmm. On the online sessions, I try to be a little bit more um, intimate with the players. Go one-on-one instead of one giant one. I'll be like, hey, who wants to do a scene now? Who wants to do a scene now? And I'll use your characters and focus on your character. Um, a practice uh, usually takes only one day, and it usually ranges from, like, four to eight hours, you know. Um, but I've been to events. Uh, where there's three day events. Did you events, say four to eight you know? hours for a practice tie? Like a regular, yeah. like, man, y'all, okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, four, four, four to eight hours practice tie. 
Um, and the only reason why it's just really scheduled for four, but at, like I said, at the at, at the end of it, it's just a bunch of friends mm-hmm. hanging out. Um, you know, we all know each other, so we get sidetracked a lot. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we run one chain, and next thing you know, we're going out for pizza, and we're coming back, and you know, just uh, catching up, and then, or discussing uh, future ideas, or just you know, uh, playing around with ideas. And then we'll go back into another scene, or we'll have practices where it's like, all right, let's do some combat training and and run some games outside uh, with swords uh, and shields and and just have that, which is nice because a lot of us really don't get that much exercise and all that is <laughs> extremely good cardio. I'm not going to lie. I'm fucking a sweat. And at least at the end, I feel like an awesome warrior instead of just like, right. okay, I'm a jock. That felt good. I felt the burn. Let's go drink a chocolate milk. You know? Like, <laughs> so it's good cardio. I mean, I've maintained and lost weight via LARP. You know? Sweat yeah. out a lot of that. Actually, stuff. you know, it's, it's nice. funny. I've heard some of the people who were newer to LARP, like over time, like say that they like didn't expect it to be as much physical work as it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there was a LARP uh, where they had to, we had the players pull a giant wooden wagon. I mean, like, this thing was the size of, I would say, a trailer hitch, right? (laughs) And we filled that trailer hitch with, like, so much stuff. And these, like, this wooden wagon was was built well, but it was by no means, like, a ma- built by a master carpenter or anything like that. It was just some guy that had power tools and, hey, I built a wagon. Oh, that looks great. All right. It, it functions. The wheel's a little wobbly, but it functions. Yeah. Oh, I remember and that we had, wagon. Yeah. And, anyway. and, and we dragged it across the entire park. And, like, the players, the wagon itself, I would say, easily weighed, like, 200 pounds. Yeah. And then we added on another 100 pounds, you know, where players would just drag this thing across the park, and while they're being dragged and escorting a, a merchant dragging, uh, dragging the cargo, they would be attacked. So it was like an escort mission, and, and there was mm-hmm. work. There's literal work uh, to be done. Um, and it's all depending on how the player wants to play, you know? Right. Some players when... like to just stay in town and role play. Some players like to go out in the woods and play. That's, yeah, that's my daughter. My daughter loves going out and fighting. She's a really big. She's always trying to get me to go and fight more too. She's like, "Come on, mom, we gotta go fight. Like, <laughs> there's bad guys. Oh, yeah. We gotta go fight them." So she's always ready to go. And on that, like, she, oh yeah, like so. When is your next LARP event actually coming up? Uh, we have one planned uh, September twenty eighth. Uh, it's what I I would uh, deem a introductory LARP. Um, we're calling it LARP Bowl twenty nineteen. And it's a bunch of what uh, we call combat drills uh, or field games where LARP is involved. It's still immersive. You're still trying to do that that, uh, thing. But we want this one to have a um, sporting event feel where there's two teams. You're designated between two teams, and we're going to be playing stuff like Capture the Flag or um, uh, uh, King of the Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, a version of... Uh, dodgeball. Uh, you know those, uh, we have these uh, slingshot catapults we built. 
and we want to like have uh, build these uh, targets for you to break down, and there'd be a point system, and there's several things you can do. Uh, you kill somebody, five points. You go out in the woods, you find something, so many other points, and at the end of the day, which Every team has the most points. Win. That sounds like about a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's so much. Yeah, yeah. tiring. It's, 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 it's tiring. a good intro to people who are curious about LARP. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because I mean, who, who doesn't love a good capture of the flag? Right. Or, I mean, plus it doesn't sound like games. it's like super heavy on the actual narrative. So if you're not familiar with it, it seems like it'd be easier to kind yeah. of work yourself into it. Right. Too. There's yeah. not really necessarily a story to it it's just kind of the you know the lark bowl which is an annual event that's thrown by you know a a nation in our world where you know you, you don't die if you die you just get resurrected right away you know mm-hmm. this very powerful yeah. mage city oh. so we, we can give a little bit of background mm-hmm. on it to our world but at the end of the day it's hey hey hang out with your friends at yeah. the park play some capture the flag um it's 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 childhood games that were fun, but they have LARP modifications for it. So yeah. it's like capture the flag, but instead of tagging someone who has your flag, you can actually hit them with a sword when they start running around, you know, <laughs> when they try to take your flag. Right. Or we have a, a musical chair game where people have, this is, so imagine musical chairs, but now all the players have one spell they can cast on somebody, you know, at one point in time. To where, hey, you want to play musical chairs? Well, I took a blind spell, so now you're playing this round of musical chairs with your eyes closed. Hmm. Or, you know, you can hit them with a, uh, another spell, like a paralyzed spell, and, you know, they can't move, so hopefully they get they get paralyzed, luckily, in front of a chair, so when the music stops, they can still sit down, hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's fun games like that that we're going to be pushing out, but uh, a big thing is, Every time we talk about LARP, a lot of people are still very timid about it, where they're like, can I get, just come and watch? So we literally built something where you could just come and watch. Because it's a sporting event. There's going to be bleachers. There's going to be, you know, places for you to sit and just watch the games and root for whatever team you want to root for. You know? Yep. Yeah. So that's about all the time we actually have for today, guys. Thank you for talking to us. We really enjoyed yeah, talking with lot. you. That's all the time we have for today. We'd like to thank Joe and Ty for talking with us today. I'd like to thank Samantha Steinke and Dean Karpowitz for join- and, and Carl Rollman for <laughs> joining the discussion. Sorry. And Carl actually produced as well, so thank you for doing that. You did an awesome job, dude. We would also like to thank WIPZ 1.5 FM for allowing us the use of the station for this hour. And don't forget to check us out online. <laughs> My dad used to get angry at me for saying dude so much. That you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at StraylightMag.com as well. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Yeah. Bye. Yeah.